0: Welcome back. Bob Harris here on the Mighty 790 KFGO and uh, a returning guest for us. It's a pleasure. It's an honor to have him back here again. Dean Kuntz is with us. Dean, of course, many, many bestsellers on the, uh, the bestseller uh, list across his uh, career. But he has a new one that has just come out. It's called Dean Koontz Frankenstein. It's called Lost Souls. It's actually book number four. And he joins us right now here on KFGO. And Dean, thanks for joining us again up here in Fargo.
1: Well, thanks for having me there. I guess I behaved myself last
0: time. Very good. I have to ask you real quick. You know, you've done a lot of interviews, tons of interviews, and you've had such huge success. Does it get kind of tiring or or, or, I I guess I don't know what what I'm saying here as far as the proper way to introduce you because you've had so much success. You must be tired of hearing about it once in a while, huh? It's –
1: I I, – uh I, I find talking about myself and my work a little awkward, uh, but I do it because it's par- part of it, the thing you, you need to do. And that's why I do radio. I've actually written about this, but I find radio interviewing more personable and everything than television, and uh, it, and it's easier to do. Plus, my, my mug isn't up there as it would be on television, and that spares everybody a lot of suffering. So uh, <laughs> as long as it's radio, I'm comfortable doing it.
0: Hey, by the way, I saw an interesting article here a couple of days ago. I just had to ask you to comment on this. How does Bernie Madoff pass his time in jail? He reads John Grisham and Dean Kuntz.
1: I just heard about that today, and uh, and I'm waiting for the knock on the door from the Justice Department. I <laughs> I, I have no responsibility for what Bernie Madoff did.
0: <laughs> you didn't invest with him or anything either, did you?
1: <laughs> I, fortunately, no, no. Uh, I, I sort of, get, you know, I distrust people who tell you they'll give you fourteen or fifteen percent return every year for the rest of your life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the uh, the book is called Lost Souls. It's book number four from uh, Frankenstein, uh, the Frankenstein series. Uh, there was a while back here when some folks thought that maybe the first three and that that was going to be it. What what brought on number four?
1: Well, I it took me a while to get to number two. Originally, the idea was I created this for TV, and of course they they. Spoiled it so much, I had to take my name off it. But uh, to get it done right, I was going to co-write books uh, to show how it could have been done. But then I discovered another character flaw in myself, and I can't collaborate. So my collaborators did their job, but I couldn't use what they did just because of me. And I found I had to write the books myself. So that slowed me down a bit. But when I finished the third, I thought, well, that's it. It's a trilogy, and I'm done. Except then. One night I had come into my head this idea for a whole new kind of creature and method of creation that Victor could use that would be more chilling than anything before. And I always liked the characters who survived the first three books. So I thought, well, let's try this. Let's do one, maybe three, and uh, see how it goes. And if it's a lot of fun to do, I'll do it. I try not to do anything that I don't find fun, because if it isn't fun for me, it won't be fun for the reader.
0: Well, I always got a great uh, reaction when I read the first three to uh, the detectives, uh, Carson O'Connor and uh, and mm-hmm. was it Michael Madison, I think if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Michael, yeah. Uh, but, again, theres you can't really research how to make a human being, can you? I, know, I mean, I know you do a lot of research, but do you, you go out and study all um, Mary Shelley stuff from uh, the 1800s?
1: Well, uh, a lot of what she her concern about the hubris of science that it would take always try to take things too far uh, is certainly much more uh, of a thing to worry about in our time than than it was in hers and uh, now we have such things as nanotechnology and and uh, genetic engineering and there are certain things that we seem on the brink of being able to do that might be hugely beneficial for mankind but there's also the possibility there of things that are terrible uh, that could occur and uh, we're all Always hearing people talk about developing a set of ethics that everybody will have to abide by in all these areas of research. But of course, the ethics never get developed and the research goes on. So uh, it just seems like a timeful subject. And I like those characters from the first three books and those that survived show up in the fourth. And there's some new ones. And it's it's a standalone book too. You don't have to read the first three. So you could start with this and then decide whether you want to go back and read the others.
0: By the way, does your wife Gerda does she ever say, "Dean, put that thing away for a while. Let's go take a trip," because it seems like you're writing all the time.
1: It's uh, I'm writing all the time. Uh, we're we're not that much of a travelers we're very homebodies uh friends and the dog is our idea of a good evening uh and uh, so if i don't see uh uruguay or uh hong kong i can live perfectly happ- happily i love what i do it's a blessing to love what you do and be well paid for it and i can't shut my mind off um uh, so uh... we we work a lot but we enjoy uh... uh... our time off and i don't uh... i don't see her saying put, put down the keyboard and 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 <laughs> When you said, did she ever tell you put that thing down? I thought people think it was probably a butcher knife you had. (laughs) But my wife knows I'm safe. No matter what I write, I'm actually very safe.
0: Dean Koontz, our special guest here on KFGO. Lost Souls, just out, the fourth in the Frankenstein series, joins us uh, here on KFGO. I have to ask you, the last time you and I talked, uh, I asked you about the back of the cover, and I said, is that Anna? And you said, no, we, we, it was Trixie still. Now you have a picture of yourself again on the back of a cover with the dog. Is that Anna?
1: That is Anna. Uh, and she, that's the one where I'm sitting next to the big black sphere of granite, and she's looking up at me. And uh, that, that's our Anna. She remarkably looks remarkably like Trixie because we didn't know this when we got her, but she turned out to be Trixie's great niece. So... Uh, uh, She's smaller, and she's beautiful, and she's smarter than me, but that isn't saying a whole lot.
0: <laughs> and when does she write her first book?
1: <laughs> it's, uh, well, you know, Trixie's produced a number of books, and I think one writing dog in a family is probably enough.
0: I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So what does your day entail? Well, is that, a, is that entail a dog joke? Uh, <laughs> well, kind of, but I don't have my rim shot with me. <laughs>
1: Uh, I get up in the morning and I walk that dog and uh, we have our hour together in the morning and usually I'm up five thirty or six so uh, by seven thirty I'm showered and at my desk and I work straight straight through to dinner and uh, it sounds boring but you know if you really love what you do and it's fun to do it it can be hard work but still the thing you'd rather do than anything else and uh, I'm not ever a guy that's been much for laying around the pool with an umbrella drink.
0: So, what about what about the research end of it, though? I, as I mentioned before, you do a lot of research. Do You go out to do that, or you just hit the Google and uh, do it that way, or?
1: Well, I've there's, I've I rely mostly on books. As I use the internet in books, and I know understand the internet completely, but I don't use it because I'm a. a potentially obsessive personality. And I recognize when I saw friends spending hours and hours on the internet that that would be me if I wasn't careful. So if there's anything I want as research from the internet, I have my assistant go get it for me. And I rely on books and then on a Rolodex that uh, is special from the usual one. I have uh, readers who write me and say, oh, I love your books. And I am a Uh, forensic uh, science specialist, and uh, if you ever need any information about that, here's my card and feel free to call me. Or somebody will say, I train all the Marines in helicopter flight. And if you want to know about flight training simulators and that sort of thing, I'd I'd always be happy to talk to you. So I call this my file of people to use. And uh, if I run into something that I can't get easily enough that way, I just dial around that, find the person I've got it on, and call them, and it's it's a wonderful thing. You, I've never found one of these people to be anything less than wonderful to, to deal with and talk to and full of information that sometimes I couldn't get anywhere else.
0: That is cool. I didn't. That is pretty cool. And, and by the way, for folks who do write you, you do have a, a post office box and all your books, I think. You do read almost all that mail, don't you?
1: Yes, I do. It's uh, I, I read all of it. I personally answer about uh, 40% of it, and but everybody gets a newsletter and other answers. I can't answer all of it or I wouldn't write. But And I do that because uh, if letters are sent to the publisher, uh, they're very busy and they tend to let them pile up until they've got a huge box of them and then they send them to me. And I've got 4,000 letters in one package that I've got to answer on a timely basis. And uh, so I thought it just better to facilitate direct things. And readers are wonderful. They write me all kinds of great things. And people usually don't take the time to write and tell you that they hate your work and they want to spit on your shoes. But.
0: <laughs> Before I let you go, uh, we better uh, talk about uh, this uh, book number four, Still in New Orleans.
1: No, Lost Souls, Franken-Lost Souls moves. Uh, Victor is now in uh, uh, rural Montana in a town of 30,000 called Rainbow Falls, and uh, he's working out of an old Cold War facility uh, with mysterious backers, and he's up to something very much more chilling than in the first three books. But Carson and uh, Michael show up, and Deucalion, his creature from... 200 years ago who's still tracking him down uh, shows up and there's new characters and I just had a ball writing it so uh, I hope everybody who likes this sort of thing will have as much fun as I did
0: so this one is out but there's two more coming that's what it looks like at the moment,
1: and uh, uh, if, if I'm as happy with the second one as I was with the first, then I'll, I'll certainly do the third. And <laughs> we've got some producers I actually respect who are developing a film based on these and hope oh. to make it a series of large films. And uh, so it's, it's all kind of fun, and uh, uh, anytime it's fun, you'll find me there.
0: I have to ask, as always, what's next then? What's the next book coming out?
1: I've got a novel comes out on December 28th called What the Night Knows, and it's a, it's a big ghost story, uh, but a different kind of one, and one of those uh, that tries to raise your blood pressure about 10 points. So uh, yeah, you better have your medication. When
0: you read that <laughs> one. Dean Kuhn's here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. Once again, the book is Frankenstein Lost Souls. It's book number four of the series. It is out right now. Oh, And by the way, this is hardcover. Last time around, we were on the paperback.
1: Yeah, We did them on paperback initially, and uh, people kept saying, why isn't this in hardback? I've got all your books in hardback, and now I have these paperbacks on the shelf, and it doesn't look good. We got so many complaints about it, we said, okay, let's, let's do it. I didn't do the first ones in hardcover because I thought I was going to collaborate on them, but I learned I can't collaborate. It's another
0: character flaw of mine. Uh, Dean is our guest here on KFGO. Uh, I didn't even get to Canine Companions. We talked about Anna just a little bit. I don't know how much time I have here. But uh, I have to tell you that we had a lady up here who moved up here. Actually, I knew. I worked in radio with her for, for a number of years. And uh, she became a handler or a, a razor, I'm not sure what the proper term is, uh, for uh, CCI out in, in California. And uh, last time we talked... Uh, she called me and she says, well, I've got one of their dogs here now. Would you like me to come in and talk about Canine Companions? And I said, absolutely. And she came in, and we had a show on autism that night. And she came in, and one of the mothers of an autistic child uh, asked uh, her if her young son could meet her or meet uh, Nora. Nora was the name of the dog. And apparently the the mother said, I have not. They, were, they bonded immediately. She says there were sounds coming out of her youngster that she had never heard before, and she immediately put in an application to CCI to get a dog, to, to, to get the paperwork working.
1: They started doing uh, autistic children instead of – they had previously done mostly uh, paraplegic, quadriplegic, uh, uh patients, and uh, people with severe physical disabilities, but they found out that these dogs trained to socialize have a profound effect on some autistic children, and uh, I saw one case of a young girl who suffered from a neuromuscular disease that the medical sciences tell you that when The child loses a part of the function, like her hands had closed up into tight fists, and once that happens, supposedly she can never open her hands on her own again. Her mother had to open them and wash them, but they close right back up again. Uh, She had stopped speaking because there's muscles involved in speaking. She had stopped walking, uh, and uh, she was only 11 years old and bit of vital, vibrant, lovely little girl. And they got a social dog for this girl, and during the two weeks of training where the family goes to learn how to handle the dog for the girl and the girl is with them, in three days, she opened her hand for the first time in four years to pet that dog. (laughs) Now, medical science tells you you can't regain it once the neural pathway is gone. But she did regain it. She opened her hand. She petted that dog. And on the fifth day, She startled her whole family because she hadn't spoken in three years. She said, good dog, good dog, and she said it so often they had to take her out of the room because the dog at that moment was doing something wrong, (laughs) and they didn't want her reinforcing that behavior. But she had monumental recovery of function. She'll still always be different because she still has this, but she opened up to the world again and still is open to the world uh, because of the relationship with this dog. Now just think about that. That is fascinating to me.
0: I've, I, I, I'm not one to cry, but I think I've got a tear in my eye just hearing that story right now. That is yeah, fantastic.
1: It's, it, it, it's fantastic. The human-dog bond is something we just really don't fully understand. But these people at CCI really know what to do with dogs to make them improve the lives of all kinds of people.
0: You're a good man, Mr. Koontz. I thank you once again for joining us here on KFGO.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It was great.